Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God's way of changing the world. We love technology, internet, iPads, campus all over the place with all kind of neat stuff, sharing this around the world. People are watching this. They'll watch it later on the radio, everything. I love all of that. But the main way people come to Christ is not through all of this. It's people ministering and reaching people. When you watch that crusade, how did all those unbelievers that come down, how did they get there? Somebody, a person invited them. In the last few years, it seems that there has been less personal interaction. People live literally feet away from other people, yet make no effort to speak to them or even to know their names. This problem extends to the church where many in the congregation believe that it's the pastor's job to witness and talk about Jesus to the world. Pastor Mark in his teaching today is going to tell us who Jesus said is responsible for reaching the world. He will also speak about our obligation as believers to follow Jesus' example and tell other people about the love of God for them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke chapter 19 with part three of his message, God, what do you want me to do for you? of people let us know that they're searching, not climbing a tree. Let me give you some examples. Because outside this building, even in this building, people are searching. Everyone is searching. They're on a search since they begin their life. And many people take a long time to come to Christ. So people are searching. How can we sense to stop and see what's happening? What's an open door look like so that we can share what Jesus is going to do? Watch this. Let me give you an example. You're in your neighborhood, you're at work, you're at school, wherever. And somebody walks up to you and says this. I think my marriage is in trouble. Ask yourself, is that an open door? Of course it's an open door. And the first time you started addressing that person, by the way, is that an unusual situation? That that comment, is that unusual? No, that's everywhere. And our answer is not, well, if you get saved right now, that'll take care of your marriage. No, that's not the way we do that. Well, what's happening? It may take how many conversations? Two or three or four before we even get around. Other than you can say at the beginning, what? Well, I've been married. We've had problems. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I couldn't say that. Then you're not married. (laughs) Am I right? Of course, otherwise you're a liar. (laughs) Of course. So you can try to relate to them. And eventually you can minister to them over that time. Let me give you another one. 
We have a problem with our teenage son or daughter. Is that a common problem? If they're 15 to 18, yes, it is. And that starts usually at 12. Now, is that an open door that I can eventually go and help them? Yes, I can. Here's one big one. You're sitting at work. You get up to go to the water cooler and somebody comes up behind you. And they say this to you. You know what? I just went to a funeral of a close friend. And I began to think about what happens to me after death. Is that an open door? That's a huge open door. Next, why do I feel so empty even though everything is great? Good house, good marriage, good kids, great job, have everything we need, but I'm empty. That is a common open door. And last, I'm confused as to what to do in this situation. What do you think? Perfect. Because we get confused. But see, when you have a personal relationship with God, he will guide you. He'll answer the questions that we have. So notice Jesus took the first step and he initiated because that climbing the tree was Zacchaeus saying, help. And Jesus walked right into it. Now look at, he says to Zacchaeus, come on down right now, immediately. Look at verse six. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now, why would he welcome him gladly? Because he knew something was about to change. His life was going to get better. His sins were going to be gone. His guilt was going to be gone. And somehow he knew, he didn't even know what to call it, but somehow there was something personal in this encounter. We never want to forget how blessed it is to watch somebody that we share with come to the Lord. It brings joy to us and it brings joy to them. While this is happening, remember, big crowd, they're following Jesus to Jerusalem. What happened in Jerusalem when Jesus gets there is that Palm Sunday Road. Now look at verse seven. All the people saw this and they begin to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. That's a typical reaction from the Jewish people, the religious people, but really many times just from the crowd. So what was Zacchaeus known as? A cheating tax collector, Jewish, and he was known as a sinner. Yet Jesus is going to eat with him. I want to ask you a question. If Jesus had not interacted with sinners while he was here for three years, let's say Jesus just didn't interact with sinners. He's there for three years. How many people would Jesus have interacted with? Maybe five. His disciples who got saved early. Twelve. Now think of this. Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. Who else are you going to preach to but the lost? Hello? That's why he came. Now, sometimes we look down on that, but I want you to get both your hands ready. Get ready. How many of you at one time in your life were a sinner? Keep them up for a moment. This is an altar call. You're all coming down right here, right now. 
how did you get found? Somebody was on mission. That's it. And you'll see later why that's been transferred to you and to me. As you see that, VIO simply means this. Seeking the lost. That's exactly what Jesus is doing. We have to look out. We have to ask God for wisdom. Open doors for me. Look, God, if there's a conversation at work or in the baseball field or in the neighborhood, just help me to be wise. Be sensitive by the Spirit. We're seeking the lost sinners who need God's forgiveness. Now, verse 8. In that dinner conversation, we don't know really what happened, but we know the outcome. Look at verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Let me unpack that for you. Jesus clearly says Zacchaeus has been saved in an instant. Sin's gone, forgiven, no more guilt. Only God can do that. It's supernatural. But Zacchaeus was not saved because he was a Jew. He was not saved because of good works, because he was saved before he said to Jesus. Because I'm saved. I'm going to show you how much I've changed. He says, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. I'm going to repay those people I cheated four times. He was saved. Notice what Jesus says. He's the son of Abraham. Abraham is the father of the Jewish faith. In the Old Testament, he was saved in the Old Testament way by faith. He trusted in and believed in God. The Messiah wasn't there yet. What happened in that room was there a change of leadership in Zacchaeus' life. Before this, Zacchaeus' God was greed and money. Now look what he does. That's gone. His God now is God. God's in first place. And that brought a radical change to his life. Now, what proves that. It's the term repentance. Repent means to change one's mind. I need to be forgiven. I'm a sinner. I need God's grace to turn around then to a new lifestyle. Many people, you'll see if you watch the Harvest America tonight, you'll hear Greg mention this statement. He's a great, great communicator. He'll say, Maybe tonight there's thousands of people coming down to make a profession of faith. I'm sorry. I want to accept Christ. But he will never use the word then, a profession and a possession of a real relationship with God. Why? Because time tells whether there's been a change or not. Many people make a profession but there's no change. It would have been like him saying, wow, things are good. Thanks, Jesus. Wonderful. Bye. Remember the blind man? If Jesus healed him and he goes, wow, my eyes are open. I can see. Jesus, give me a high five. I'll see you around sometime, baby. 
No, no. He then did what? He followed Jesus. If there's no real repentance, Jesus calls it this fruits of repentance. If you're going to be a believer, there has to be a change that's evident in your life after. That's why this last statement, a real encounter with Jesus always results in real repentance. I'm sorry to say, because many people don't see this. Jesus said it in Matthew 7. There's going to be lots of people on judgment day and go, wait a minute. I I, I made a profession of faith. Here's what Jesus' words actually are in Matthew 7. I never knew you. Well, how, how could you never? I came down, signed that paper. I never had a personal relationship with you. And then words you never want to hear. Depart from me. So Zacchaeus proved that he had real repentance because it's going to take a change in his life. Now, remember the rich young ruler? It was the opposite. He came to Jesus. How do I get eternal life? And Jesus said, get rid of all your money. Only person he ever said that to in the whole world. And he said, well, I'm not doing that. He walked away sad. His money still was his God. There was no repentance at all. But Zacchaeus proved it. Now, next you're going to see the impact of Zacchaeus. Think about this. Just think in your life. You're in town and here's Zacchaeus. What impact will he have on Jericho now that salvation has come? The Bible doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us exactly what happened when Zacchaeus came down to the tree and went to Jerusalem. And here's Zacchaeus staying in Jericho. It doesn't tell us. But you can just picture this happening. Zacchaeus, the next morning, Jesus is gone. He starts going door to door to those people. He cheated out of collecting taxes. And he knocks on the first door. And a man inside the house says, hello, who is it? It's Zacchaeus from inside the house. The tax collector? Yeah. Can I come in? And the guy's going, great. Here we go again. Come on in. And he says, as he walks in the door, okay, Zacchaeus, look, I already paid you many times. Are you here to collect more taxes from me? And Zacchaeus says, no, I actually here to pay you four times what I stole from you. And the next conversation is down on the floor because the man has just fainted. <laughs> he had smelling salts. He'd had a dozen of them because he's going to every person in town. And the man gets up. He says, repeat that to me four times, four times. Why? There comes your testimony. Because I met a man named Jesus who has finally given me purpose. I'm no longer guilty. I'm not perfect, far from it. But it's changed my life. Here's your money. That is real repentance. And then we go into the town. And all of a sudden, there's a brand new park for the poor people. And the kids are playing. How'd this park get here? What's that little thing over there? A gift from Zacchaeus and Jesus. See, he's going to give to the poor. How did that happen? There's your testimony again. See, that's the stone. From one interaction of Jesus and one sinner named Zacchaeus. 
Do you get it? Now, watch what happens as we apply this this morning. Look at verse 10. For the son of man came to seek and save that which is lost. That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't save in that town, but two people. That's the two he was led to. But what would happen with those two people as they finally settled back in the Jericho? Jesus would be the talk of the town. Because before them is a blind man who couldn't see. Now he can see. Here's Zacchaeus paying money back, giving half of his money to the poor. And people go, wow, that makes God really look good. Maybe that was the Messiah. Now, soon Jesus would go to the cross. He would be crucified, nailed, take our sins upon us, be resurrected. And right after the resurrection, he would go back to heaven. But he was going to be on earth for a few days. And he would go to his disciples and basically pass the baton to them. Let me read to you. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Just as I've been doing. Now you're going to expand that more than Israel. You're going to go throughout the whole world. And then he would go in Matthew 28, 19 and 20 and say, uh, go in the world, make disciples, baptize in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I taught you. See, it's not just about converts. It's about becoming a disciple, a learner under discipline. And that baton was passed to them. Let me show you from this verse how it was passed. I think you'll see it really simply. Jesus is with his 12 disciples, actually 11. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. You are taking my place on the earth. That's why I've been a role model to you. Now, I want you to change that because here's the truth. That statement is for every Christ follower. And I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to read it for you the way I want you to say it. I want everybody to say it out loud after I do this. As the Father has sent me, Jesus, so I'm sending you Mark Balmer. Now, get ready. I want you to put your name. First and last name at the end of it. And we're going to say it out loud. You ready? Okay, here we go. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Just turn to your neighbor now with a smile and say this. I'm, my name is Mark. Say your own name. Don't you dare. Praise Mark's on him. I have nothing to do with this. No. Say your name and say this. I'm on mission for Jesus. Come on, turn to your neighbor. I'm on. That wasn't said with enough zip at all. You know, I was like, hey, my name is Mark. I'm on mission for God. That's going to get everybody to say, come on, let's say it like you're on mission. Because you are on mission. That is your role. God, what do you want me to do for you? Say it. Come on, do it one more time. Introduce yourself, tell them, and do it with some excitement. Come on, let me hear you. You know who's smiling right now? God, because you get it. You get it. Much of the church is not on mission. That's my, what are you going to do for me? The longer you serve Jesus, the less it's about you. And the less it's about me. It's about others. It's about others. Love God. 
love people. That's where it's at. Now, when you see that, I'm going to give you three things to write down. Here we go. Here's God saying, we've asked him, what do you want me to do for you, God? God says this, you, Mark Palmer, stay on mission through VIO. Back in August of last year, we asked God that for every single person that's part of our campuses, that's a Christian, Christ follower, God would help us win one person to Christ. We have three more months to go because we asked for him to do it in a year, June, July, and August. We have three months to go. I want you to pray about that. Get your bracelet. Start looking for opening. Stay on mission. Many of us forgot about the mission. When I came to this passage, I went, no, I'm going back. I have eight, I think eight or 10 teachings on VIO. 10 weeks. You can go back, get online, just put VIO and listen to some of them. But I want to challenge you this morning. That's what God says. Stay on mission. Number two, write this down. You stay on mission because people reach people. God's way of changing the world. We love technology, internet, iPads, campus all over the place with all kind of neat stuff, sharing this around the world. People are watching this. They'll watch it later on the radio, everything. I love all of that. But the main way people come to Christ is not through all of this. It's people ministering and reaching people. When you watch that crusade, how did all those unbelievers that come down, how did they get there? Somebody, a person invited them. People. God designed people to reach people. Not just pastors, but every Christ follower. I want to challenge you to start inviting people to church. Look for open doors so they can hear the gospel. Look for those kind of opportunities. And number three, God says to us this morning, you stay on mission. I want the best from you because you can do it. As you've heard this this morning, many of you say like this, well, Pastor Micah, I I love it. I I know that's true. I'd like to do that, but I, I really can't. I'm not that gifted. I don't have the answers like that. No, this is God's promise for you. Anything God calls us to do, he equips us to do. Look at this verse. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God makes a promise that eliminates every excuse you and I can come up with. Every single excuse. No more excuses. God is able. He wants for you to absolutely do the best you can with him helping. We do a weekend, God finishes it off in his strength because he lives in you. As Pastor Mark has shared the story of how the healing of Bartimaeus may have led to the salvation of Zacchaeus, we've seen the value of telling others about what God has done for us. Even though it can seem daunting to do and saddening in dealing with the inevitable rejection, we need to remember it's not our job to save. It is our job to proclaim. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. This completes the teaching, God, what do you want me to do for you? Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a new teaching, Jesus Corrects Wrong Expectations. As Jesus nears Jerusalem and his appointment with torture, death, and resurrection, he continues to instruct and try to prepare his followers for what lies ahead for himself and for them. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.